is back. Zach is back. <laughs> Guess who's back? Back again. You literally Zach is just back. got done clapping, and now we're here. Yeah. I feel awesome. so warmly welcomed. You're back. Yes. We missed you. Are warmly you. Welcomed. And it's also you are so warm here. You're so warmly welcomed that we fear that you may be a mirage. <laughs> Well, don't come up too close then, because you might be disappointed. <laughs> hey, everybody. Glad to be back on Game of Owns. How was last week? It was good. Last We're sorry was... that you 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 know you, you had to boycott the whole week because you didn't want to be on the Theon yeah. show, but we somehow made it through, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a strong words against... Actually, I had no idea that you were writing an essay, Eric. I don't think that any of us did either. Let's talk about that for a moment. Oh, the essay? Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about publishing it on the site, just having the, the – but I want people to listen to the show because the whole show, uh, Selena and Micah weighed in with their thoughts. And I think we had like a good understanding. No, about- no. Are you, are, you, are you saying right now that it's not just you? In the show, it's for, yes, not me. What? Everybody is. <laughs> Mike and Selena weighed in, and oh uh, my we god, had some, we were we had actually a few comments to make too. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely like really kind of helpful, and it was cool. And Micah gave me hope at the end of it. Um, I got to write into uh, to Gabby and Emerson and and tell them that Micah, Micah GMH, Micah Gate GMH, but um, GMH GMH. You know, I I, I just think that uh, it was a, it was a good it was a good Theon discussion and and everybody who skipped that episode uh, who were apparently deterred by the title. There were some people who said, "But I don't I don't hate Theon. I can't listen to a show that says everybody hates Theon." To be fair, I think one person said that. One person said that, but there could be more because you know the the proportion of people we actually hear from who comment are. Are so small compared to the people who download. So, just in case everybody uh, listening, uh, the previous episode of this podcast called "Everybody Hates Theon" is actually a love letter to Theon Greyjoy. Although I would say we we're pretty fair analyzing him, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you agree, Selena? It was a good show. I know it was a it was a really good discussion. I just can't wait till we get to the first uh, Brienne chapter and we're gonna get my essay um, <laughs> outlining the virtues of. Uh... Do you want to name, write the copy, and edit that episode as well, Selena? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I want to give you guys a script first. <laughs> I wasn't on the first two episodes last week, but I still did the post production. But Eric. Uh, calls me up and he's like, hey, listen, there was an oven going off the entire episode. So if you would like, I would love to do this. And I was like, dude, do it. That would be great. Yeah. So so you did. And uh, someone commented and said it was one of our best episodes ever. So not a bad streak there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I just thought that it had to be done. I, I was so annoyed with the, <laughs> the neighbors in the oven alarm that I, I had to do it myself. It's just, I had to, I had to weed that demon out of, out of, out of here, but we got it done. And, and now we're back and, and we're on to, uh, bigger, bolder chapters. And already I'm enjoying this first next chapter, which is Daenerys. Yes. Me too. This is an amazing chapter. Um, it was, <laughs> it was a funny chapter too, because you got halfway through and then you were like, Oh yeah, she's fourteen. Oh yeah, she's yeah. bald. Oh yeah, Doria yeah. died. <laughs> oh like, yeah, she's hell? wearing a badass skin from a white lion. That's true. Body, that right? Too. Like that's what I want to wear today and tomorrow. Did did he bolden? Because I'm listening via the audiobooks, and I wasn't going to do that the whole way through the book, but now I kind of like it because it's very convenient. You have a set timestamp. You know how long it's going to take you. I tend to wander when I do read it, but listening to the audiobook, did he, did he in the, in the actual book, did he bold the 14? Because I heard that like louder in the narration than, <laughs> than ever. I was like, no. oh my gosh, she's 14. Yeah. And I picked up on that too. So that was one of my, you know, kind of standout notes. Like she is 14 and she's witnessing 
the life and, and, and actually death of more death than of all these people that are, that are with her, her small band of, uh, rebels, we should call mm. them. But, um, yeah, she's, she's going through, she's really got it hard right now. The, the beginning half of this chapter, I'd say, very interesting stuff happened to her as she's kind of trekking along in the desert with nothing but a comet to guide her. Now, we complained in the TV show that it was a little boring. Yes. Because, you know, how do you really capture uh, the death and decay? And they they did their best. I think they did a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. But here in the book, it's just leagues and leagues more imagery. I mean, obviously, that's what happens when you write a book. You have pages to do stuff. And not seconds, literally seconds and shots. Stand there. Got it. You know, everybody pack out. That was 80 grand. Yeah. (laughs) Although, I mean, you do say seconds, but didn't we get, I mean, I feel like I remember when we talked about season two, we just had Danny sort of trekking the desert for the majority of the season, you know, until she got to Yeah, no, that's true. Like, that was just her. We were like, keep catching up with Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, there she is in the desert. (laughs) Still, there are details, you know, I mean, in the, this book, for instance, hair growing thinner. As these people mm-hmm. become yeah, less, this is a great less nourished, yeah, you know, and 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 um, not only the people who are dying, but just the changes to their body that that were that were being written that George is writing about, and it's very, uh, it succeeds in in portraying this this grim reality that that they're facing. It's almost like food is our medicine, you know. <laughs> and and as I said before, I mean, Dorea died, which is first of all a complete deviation from the book series where she was locked in the vault with the Saroso and Daxus. Um and yeah, I mean it was just terrible. I when her hair was going thin, it was like I don't know, it's just so sad. <laughs> you sort of really connected to her in the book. I feel like it's, she was nicer than in the show. It's weird. She was a lot I thought she was nicer in the book, honestly. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. This this chapter did something when I when I read the beginning of it, I thought it did an amazing job of closing the full circle on the comet we finally got to hear from danny her perspective everyone has their own theories we've gone through several chapters how many now like 12 or 13 something like that chapters and we've heard from several different people several different geographic regions of this planet and finally it comes down on the person that most people have agreed to is it about it's about dragons or something like that right blood rising in the east or whatever and now she's looking at it and she's literally saying without question she's like hell no that's about me (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like no khaleesi it's not she's like listen that is about me and we're gonna go in the direction that it's going yes yeah well, she is the one who like hatched dragons. I mean, she, you know, oh, fuck yeah. and she says yeah. it in the chapter two, she says, there's no way that I just like saw dragons rise from the ashes from like these old eggs. And then I just die with them in the desert. Like there's just no way. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> like, pretty oh, sad. Yeah, that'd be a stupid story. No, she is. She, everybody likes to believe that their life has purpose. Even poor old Theon we were talking about last time. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, Danny, because she has witnessed this magic, of these dragons coming back after centuries or decades at the very least of, of, of dragons existing. Um, even Jorah says to her, there are three dragons in the world. You have them. Mm-hmm. They are right here. <laughs> you know what it's like? It like puts a value on them too. But yeah, yeah and, and, and the comet coincides with that same day that Drogo was burned, his pyre, the dragons were birthed. Uh, Danny says that that's the first time she saw the comet. So she, her comet experience predates almost everybody else. You know, it's almost as if she caused the comet, you know, and it just feels more real because she has that timeline time. She just traces it back to that day. It it definitely appears, you know, based on the events of this chapter, Mm -hmm. it's helped her out 
so far. Yeah. Uh, Jor Mormont, absolute stud in this chapter. Can we get to Jorah? <laughs> right? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, like, from, from, from guy to guy, Jorah, you're a stud, man, and you have class. All right? That's cool. He brought her the peach and Neil. That's the sweetest thing I've ever seen. There's so many people out there, and you could have just pocketed that son bitch or eaten it. You know what I mean? And you gave it to her. That was really sweet. She had no idea you had it. Number two, we finally, at least for me, and I've read the book up until now, and I've heard Selena. You've given several different theories and and statements on this subject, but I feel like for the first time we actually got a real straight up answer from George, and I'm seeing it from the perspective of. Book one was out, there was a wait, and now book two is out, and now we have an answer. But in this chapter, very near the beginning, we get kind of a, in the way he does it, of of describing old events. Like uh, I, I said a handful of weeks ago, how I really liked how he just let this book kind of go on its own without giving a ton of backstory from the first book. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he allowed a paragraph, and basically what he said was, my dragons were able to hatch because of the sacrifice of Miri, yes, Drogo, and my yes, son. Yes, I noticed straight that. Up said it. I was like, yeah. So you were right. So not that I remembered this from the first time I read the book, but still, yeah, I was right. Well, I mean, you've been saying it's been a theory until then, mm-hmm. and I was always like, you know, that makes a lot of sense, and maybe that's something we'll find out later, but hell no, George is like, yeah, that's what happened, right? right? Moving yeah. on with the story. That was a great, it was a great, I, I noted that down too, because yeah, exactly, three lives gave the lives of the three dragons. Um, and then, of course, we are also get in this chapter we get the names of these dragons that were also you know for the the those that the gods have taken away from her which i thought was really neat too we get that uh de- de- detail so the three dragon names and i guess mike has referenced this a hundred times before and i'm always like who are you talking about he's like the dragons I'm like oh <laughs> oh okay the dragons because i feel like if we don't state them now i'm gonna forget them there's right. Regal, who Regal is named after is the green one is a green one he's named after rago which is her older brother or is it Rago, her son? No, I've hold about It's named after Rhaegar. Yeah, Rhaegar, the brother yeah. who died Sorry, before she I mean. was Rhaegar, before yes. she was yeah. born. Okay, and then she she named Viserion. How cool is that? That even though her brother was a jerk, uh, she named this dragon so that he might so that the dragon might do what her brother was unable to do. Because mm-hmm. uh, she's got class, man. It's family. Man. That was cool. And then, of course, Drogon, which yes. as a name for Needs a dragon, no <laughs> as a name for a dragon, it wants something. <laughs> Drogon the dragon. Yes. But I, I think it's um, it's fair, you know, because I love, the I second love the coming of Beleriand. Yes. Come on. Right. No, and that's Danny, badass. And Danny's just like, yeah, he probably is. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. Why the hell not? Well, I mean, in her defense, <laughs> she did. Uh, sacrificed three people essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, walked into a fire. Yeah, got everything burnt off of her, including her beautiful, hair. beautiful head yes. of hair, mm-hmm. and um, then nursed uh, dragons with her own human body mm-hmm. to health. So she can say stuff like that. Yeah, I think I now, think so you know, too. you can go ahead and just say stuff like that. If you see a comment mm. and you're concerned whether or not it has something to do with you, and you just did that, go ahead and say that. We're not going to argue. And you know what? I think so. Too. I mean, we. It's actually, you know, speaking of the three and all the different threes in Danny's life, I think because we when we talked about uh, the burning of the of, of the beach uh, a few a few weeks back, and we we said that or last week it was actually, and uh, you know we were talking about how the no you were on that one weren't you Zach oh no that was Micah. <laughs> Wait, I not remember it. anything. I I, listen, I know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. You, you feel oh, like you were on about, it. And, well, and... we talked about some potential foreshadowing of um of 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 the gods, you know, seven gods, and what characters may be dying in the books, and and people were like, oh, we think you're reading too much into it. We might be. We do come from you know having 
studied the Harry Potter books completely to death looking for any little hidden clues. It's it's what we do, but there is some I studied the boxcar of, children books. Okay so then. then. <laughs> um, but there is some potential uh, there is some foreshadowing basically is what I'm trying to say. A lot of mystery in that series, isn't there, Zach? <laughs> I I hear you. Gertrude right. Chandler Warner, uh Master of Suspense. Go on, please. <laughs> no, I was just all oh, my entire point is that there is there are some some kind of foreshadowing prophecy type of stuff going on in this book, even though one of the points of the series is that you can't sort of, you can't theorize in the same way because it's not as, as destined everything. You know what I mean? Like there is some, some destiny to Daenerys' storyline. My English is terrible today. I it makes me think that there sense. is a driving force behind Danny's, um, like it seems like destiny, but why wouldn't we also put a deity behind it? Yeah, and the, but- I didn't expect to like go off on this tangent here, but if there is a deity behind Danny's future, wouldn't it have to be the Lord of Light, the Lord of Fire? Like, wouldn't it have to be the Red God? Who's helping her here? It all depends. I mean, I think that's so. I kind of hope that that George never sort of specifies because I kind of like that it could be, it could be either. I mean, it could be, but it also just could be some magic, like actual magic made by humans. You know, blood of the dragon. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like some somewhere, a red priest is sitting in their tent. You know, dancing with the flames, and the red comet appears and. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Or maybe it's just the That's comet. That's how magic Maybe is it's made. just the comet. <laughs> I just figured that fire was the red god's thing. It's all coincidence. I, yeah. That's just that's just what I figured. I figured fire is kind of his trademark. You know, it wouldn't be the drowned god. Yeah, uh, if he's there. Birth to dragon. I got an email here that Ooh. talks about theories from Ooh. Mr. Jonathan Bullock. And uh, it has a lot to do with what we're saying. And I'm looking at it. So why not read it out loud? <laughs> paraphrased. Yes. Hello. 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 The theories that Selena brought up on your one day... When, when day, on your Wednesday, Wednesday <laughs> podcast regarding the seven made me start to think about the possible representations of them in the books. Ooh. Good, because that's what we wanted you yes. to do. The ending scenario with all of them surrounding the throne is intriguing, though perhaps it is more metaphysical. Actually, where I thought you were going, starting with Eddard, is as the father of Catelyn and the mother, was how about the whole Stark family? So he goes on to give more description there. I'm just going to cut to the uh Oh, I'm going to go ahead and read this after. This is exciting. Yeah. So he says the crone represents wisdom, and this suggests Bran. The warrior represents strength in battle, which suggests Rob. The maiden obviously refers to Samuel Tarly, J.K. Sansa. (laughs) The stranger might seem to be appropriate for John as he was the outsider, but as it represents death, really sounds like Arya, which leaves a smith, the least suggestive title. But couldn't it be argued that John's eventual role may be to build the wall, that is, the force of protection at the wall? And in doing so, forge some kind of alliance among the disparate humans who obviously need to unite against the otherworldly dangers that lie in the north. Then he goes on to say, "I forgot about Rickon in another email, but nothing else." Thank <laughs> well, you, Rickon JRB, is there for to take that over email. the world, and you know, after everything else, couple suggests so he's that's all fine. of them together. Yeah, everybody forgets about Rickon. Dual spec. But this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great email. I love that, and I love that that like because the thing is that we. Stuff like this could be true, and I would love it to be true, because even though it shouldn't sort of, we shouldn't in this type of book where, you know, I feel like a lot of things is intentionally left that anyone could die at any moment and completely change the game, that nothing is really sort of predetermined in that sense. But I still like the idea that there are some elements of it that you can read further into, and I think this is one of them. 
I like this. That's I'm one of the keep things that enriches stories, you know? Like, that's what, that's the mark of a successful series. With Lord of the Rings, for example, like, I constantly would go back and read the Silmarillion over and over again because I wanted to know the lore and stuff. Every year I try to read the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Yeah. And when you have that backstory, when throughout reading, you're just like, oh, this is so much cooler. So it's sort of the same thing here. You know, you have all of these theories that are in the air and, and it really enriches reading further because you're allowed to pull more from the book, pull more from just the words that it says, but think of your own things. And that's good writing. Yeah. I think for now, um, it, you know, just getting back to gods, but also Danny, um, you know, she's not she tends to, to think of it as, as being her destiny and, and tends not to place what's happened to her under any one you know, deity being responsible. So good, good for her. I mean, right now, because she's also seeing a lot of death and, and, and destruction and, you know, it's, it's bringing out a lot of kindness and tenderness in Danny, for instance, giving Daria her water, um, you know, and her water ration and, and this, when everybody says, Oh, just kill her. We're seeing the beginnings of what, you know, Danny later becomes, which is, you know, the queen of freed slaves. I have a question mm-hmm. to ask you guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pose this to the listeners, too. I think this is pretty ridiculously uh, ridiculous. Okay. But I think it might be kind of funny. So if there was a Game of Thrones video game, all right, mm-hmm. like a like a MMORPG, um, mm-hmm. sort of in the vein of Warcraft, because I just did Throne of Thunder last night, and the classes to play were the father, the mother, the crone, the warrior, <laughs> the maiden, the stranger, and the smith, which classes would you play? Like, which class would be your class? Oh, my if you can God, imagine, that would be like, so Like, the crone cool. is like a, she's like a, a yes. mean warlock or something. Like, I'm going to cast crazy witch doctor spells at you and i would then, be you know, the warrior dude i would be the right? i would be the stranger it, it sounds like ranger so i think of strider <laughs> in lord of the rings the ranger. But, but at the same time the stranger uh would have like plus five stealth and i would yeah just, he has cloaking abilities yeah cloaking abilities and i i've always wanted that like for myself like since i was young i was like i want the invisibility yeah, but i would have an axe that's true <laughs> the smith though <laughs> i'm imagining the smith is like a slightly weaker warrior like yeah. he has the the tools but to then use he's all probably these different more weapons robust. like he doesn't hurt as easily if yeah he has hit. more stamina yeah. and he also can make weapons and sell them for gold i think yes, we're underestimating the mother everybody the mother mothers raise us mothers give us what we the need mother to has succeed mad skills yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah she does and she can cook up a storm uh, so the mother would be my secondary, I think. And the father as well is like mm-hmm. sort of like a warrior mixed with. Well, they have a lot a of prestige, so they get a lot of sort of, you know, acknowledgements and they can sort of walk without worrying about attacks so <laughs> they much. They have like, oh plus my God, persuade. HBO, are you listening? Can this I'm be I'm glad a you thing? guys didn't think this was stupid because <laughs> I, I was just this. looking at it because the way he bulleted it out, because warrior's a class that I play of Warcraft. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, hold on. This could totally work. So if you guys are listening and you don't think this is ridiculous, write us or tweet us and <laughs> yes. tell us what class you would play we should do this we should seriously do this like at a convention we should just make like a set of cards and, and play it out Be yeah fun. pen and paper let's yeah. do it yeah oh uh, anyway God. so daenerys chapter yes. was here yeah meanwhile <laughs> meanwhile people are dying in the desert but not for very much longer um fortunately because they're going around and they end up finding some water but it's it's like tastes like uh what do they say brimstone yes. it's, it's hotter than anything and uh it's not really working out for them. They just keep going. They keep following the comet. And eventually they chance upon a city where people have been, but it's empty. Or is a it full of ghosts? city. Ooh. Yes. Could be full of ghosts. By the way, the second you just said have been, thunder erupted here Whoa. and shook the building. <laughs> not even kidding. Yeah. That's so amazing. whatever that means, uh, there are <laughs> ghosts. Continue. They were. They find this ghost town. 
Yeah, they do. And it was destroyed, but still bearing fruit. Yes, it turns out that um, whoever uh, ravaged this city, and I guess it's it's not specified how recently. It was Hodor. I, <laughs> yes, on his own completely. No, no. Did he act alone or was Bran warging into him and making him do it? It was absolutely Hodor on his own. He had probably was a king of some kingdom before then, had some great title, single-handedly slayed the city, created all the ghosts, and then went mad by his own Cal Hodor? And... Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe works, Hodor right? was the name of the town, and he can't. he's so guilty that all he can say is Hodor to remind himself that if <laughs> he were- What a name for a city. If he were to speak, <laughs> it would only be evil words that came out because he was a tyrant. Um, yes, for that. The kingdom of Hodor. Supporters of that theory. Um, let's band together. But, uh, no, it's not stated how recently this, uh, thing, this place was gutted, but they missed a few spots is, is, is what I'm saying. And, and this is actually extremely, uh, important. Yeah, maybe the food just grew back, you know? Uh, Well, food left untended, especially in the desert area, tends, obviously, not to grow. Well, the city has uh, water springs, though. Yeah, they have 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 plenty of cool water. Stuff like that. Okay. Now, could okay. you imagine being them in this circumstance? I know, but that's what I was just going to say. Isn't it amazing that you can? Like, we're sitting here. You know, I just had dinner, like, when I was reading this chapter. I was enjoying some homemade ice cream. It was very nice. <laughs> and I was reading about them being, like, in the desert. And then they came to the city, and they were, like, these figs and this peach. And I don't even like peaches. And I was, I could almost feel the, like, the, the fruit. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And the clean I water and this. stuff. Yeah, I love Fig Newtons. Like, I love these. Eat this on yes. the page. Yeah, like well, I, I, the book, I think but... really though, what what got me to thinking that it had been a recent sacking is that uh, the, all the only food that was there was the food that was hidden kind of behind closed doors in secret gardens. That's the thing is whoever came through and took all the food just didn't do that good of a job, and that's why they were able to still have all this food is because it was the hidden food. It was in the secret. Gardens that all the stuff grew. The secret garden. The secret garden. I'm thinking of. Oh wow. Yeah, one of. The, Always wanted a key. No, but uh, that that's really what I thought. But regardless of when and where and the details, um, they she is actually able. Danny is able to fortify her army. Um, in in the, the second half of this chapter, apart from being a love story, uh, for Sir Mormon, um, is basically her getting her army back. You know, they're in better health. The even the horses are gaining weight. And she's able to send them in each direction, uh, three, three riders. And this is like so cool to see this in one chapter. Cause I, I felt like it happened over quite a few episodes in the, in the yeah, series. Yeah, it moved really fast. But so I wasn't really expecting all this resolution, but we go from Danny, you know, starving with her army nearly dying. A third of them has died off to by the end having a response back. All of her riders have returned. And one of them brought back the people from Garth. I mean, this is just unreal, like, how quickly things are happening, even though, of course, time has elapsed, even in this chapter. It takes time for these things to happen. But I was blown away by just how much happens in this this little chapter. Yeah, it was really good. It was a really refreshing pace. I really enjoyed it. And sort of a, it was a slow chapter, but at the same time, it was really, really, really enjoyable, which I loved. You know, I just had a thought about the city, by the way. Which I wanted to share with you guys because we're talking about theories and foreshadowing and people are going to get annoyed now. But (laughs) so basically (laughs) Danny has been wandering the desert for so long. They find this dead white city and it reminded me of that, um, that prophetic dream or the dream that Danny had in, in the end of season two, which wasn't in the books where, you know, she sort of, she came into King's Landing, she came into the throne room and it was all destroyed 
And I was thinking, wouldn't it be so cool if towards the end of the series, Daenerys finally makes it back to King's Landing after just not, you know, like just wandering the world for all this time. And then it's already deserted and destroyed. <laughs> wouldn't that be just really, de- could you imagine how devastating that would be? But brilliant. It would be. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. she could get killed by a grit's arrow. Or just, yeah, just randomly, you know, <laughs> shot down. We don't know. Dragon. I don't know. Yeah. If that arrow couldn't kill Jon Snow, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Grit's got to check her arrows, I'm telling you. Well, yeah. <laughs> now the arrows. Grit, you left those arrows that you shot at Jon. Go pick those up. Did you learn nothing from video games? We got a lot of, of Jorah Mormont backstory, mm-hmm. which has always, we've, we, we've touched on it and the book touched on it and it gave us enough to understand his situation. But I feel like now we really got to know his, his motives and really it was all driven by pleasing a woman, essentially. Yeah, I mean, essentially the big, big reveal here is that Danny reminds Jorah of his wife. Was it Lynette or Lizette Lynette? Lynette. Lynette. Yes. And so Danny looks like her, and Jorah is still hung up on this chick, so he follows Danny. Yeah. That was so unromantic. Weird. I know. Yeah. I do believe that there are worst ways to be exiled. Yes. He basically did what George is trying to write against, which is forgetting your place, forgetting your job and being focused on trivial matters like being shallow and giving someone riches that doesn't necessarily need them. He was Mm. just, it just, it's a really sad story and it's sort of a pathetic story, but it's sort of it it fits, I guess, the situation because, I mean, to sum up Lynette's his second wife, was spoiled and got bored and (laughs) that's it. Like, and then he was trying to, you know, make her smile again. Like, yeah. that's the kind of life that he was leading. I think he's better off in exile. Like, his life is way more interesting now. Yeah. Like, and we've all been in those kinds of relationships, people. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes she's got to sell a servant. Like, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> we all haven't been in relationships where she left him <laughs> after half a year. And while be while he became a sellsword, she moved into the manse. Let me just clarify he became a sellsword so he could escape with her and still give her the things that she wanted yeah she moved into the manse which is the house of a merchant prince named tregar or molen where she is now his chief concubine uh, yeah, google if you need to <laughs> jorah ends by saying lynette looked like daenerys and she realized sir jorah wants her as a woman and yeah. yes he does because that's i mean it's slim pickings where he's hanging out and she's like friends with him so yeah jorah Come on. Danny has a crisis, too, because she thinks she might possibly need to be celibate um, going forward. Uh, she wor- she worries that Mary Mazder told her that she would never have another living child ever, which yeah. I, I, I had to look. I'm going to have to look that back up because I don't remember her saying that. But it said in this chapter that that's what happens. Yeah, she um, did. She was like, when the sun rises in the west and the something sets in the east. Isn't that when she told her that Dro- Drogo would come back yeah, to her? Yeah, but she also said some other things. I don't including know. Including that, that she will past bear words living that really, child. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'll trust. I'll trust George. I'll trust George, and I'll trust you. Trust Selena me. I, I'll trust. <laughs> trust me. Trust me and my um, axe. But she's worried that uh, that George won't even like her, even if she does decide that she likes him. Uh, that yeah. because he can't, she can't give him children, or, or however it is. She said, those... like, and and as well, she was like, and what man could hope to rival Drogo, who had died? With yeah, yeah, right. And God. he's like, he I may feel a little it. bad because Drogo was it's the great. best warrior, and George just yeah. told me this story about how he sucked at everything after that first time. So I just love it. I just love the fact that Daenerys, you know, that George is so 
is so careful about showing that now her ways are the are the Dothraki ways. Like it's almost she's the Dothraki before anything else. Now she's just completely she gets it. You know, she gets it. It's like if you if you can't ride, you're nothing. If you right. you know, if you have your haircut, then you're nothing. Like it's just it's really amazing. I just think it is too soon. I mean, I I think it's perfectly plausible that in the future they will find each other there again. Uh, as the show, Ooh. I think, is heavily indicating. Who? Jorah. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Jorah and Danny. Find each other again? Yeah, it, it, in that way. Oh. Oh, romantically. Yeah. Oh, in that oh. way. Oh, we see what you're way. saying. I was speaking that coded, coded language. He hands Dar- oh, Danny my. a note that says, circle yes or no if you like yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I have no pen. And then, you know, the mystery <laughs> I continues. I have another peach for you. Season yeah. five. Let's find out what she circled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was a great chapter. And, and, and essentially what happened was we learned more about what is happening to Daenerys after the epic conclusion of the first book. And and now she's got her people writing and trying to find things because they have luckily found an oasis of deliciousness where they can try to rebuild some of their interior strength, which is great. And, well, and then uh, Pirate Pre shows up. Yeah, with his buddies. Yeah, he does. Pirate Pre and Duck Sauce. And now this is different. <laughs> Clearly, this is different from the series where they're at Karth. Uh, and going up to the, 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 the giant wall. I kind of like it better in the show. I love that line, by the way. We come seeking dragons. Like, can we just yes. start saying that? And she said, look life? no further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Finally. I have, I have the dragons you are looking for. Yes. They were riding atop ugly humped creatures that dwarfed any horse. So let's just say they were riding on giant, beautiful camels. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's just say that. Oh, and again, there's three. Counting three. Three. Oh, oh, yeah, three. Well, one for each dragon. They think that they're going to uh-huh. end up on their backs and ride them uh, the other way. Well, so uh, Danny's son and stars, who she sent out to find these guys, um, must have talked her up some pretty good game. Don't you think? I mean, this is my queen lady. She's over here and she's got dragons. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, the blood of her blood. She can't just get her new son and stars no, I know, that quickly. There's only one son and star. There can the be blood only of her one. Blood, son of her star. Whatever, dude. Her brother. So, her bro. So Quaith, Quaith of the Shadow wears a crazy mask. And we've seen her in the TV show, right? We have. But she's here in the crazy ghost city of Hodor. And I think that what you said, Eric, about the show being cooler, going to the gates, I agree with that. I think it definitely was more epic. This, def- this, is, this is the mark of something that's in a book, you know, where the people come to you and you don't have to describe the journey to get there it's just so much easier for someone to come here you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if you need to get your point across and uh that's what they did here yeah it was really great so she's got the dragons uh will she show them i figured she'd be so pissed off about that oh we come to seek we come seeking dragons she just lays out to her hello (laughs) and this chapter you know summing it all up for me did a really good job of painting the entire context of danny's attitude throughout the entire second season because she was just pissed off she was pissed off and hungry and dirty and everybody left and everybody that's there is sick and is dying and mm-hmm. she's sick and tired of being a 14 year old girl who keeps having the people in her life killed or taken and that includes mm-hmm. what just happened to her so she was like you know what not the dragons not today not any day <laughs> so that's why we have the entire someone find my dragons bit in season two and it all stems from 
her reaction and the way she feels that is set up in this chapter. So this would be the chapter to set up the tone for this whole book for her, which makes sense because it's her first one. But mm. it did a really good job of covering almost all of the points that we brought up during the show, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Well, and I, I also appreciated the closer look at the vulnerability of the dragons. She can't figure out how to feed them for, for like the first half of the chapter. And eventually she discovers charred meat. Now, the issue is that they can't char their own meat yet because they're so young. So clearly dragons are supposed to be looked after by their dragon parents for at least some time to char their meat, which they'll it's the only meat they'll eat is charred meat. I know I'm thinking way into this, but <laughs> essentially the dragons can't cook their own meat and they like cooked meat. So Danny has to do it for them. She's taking turns carrying them on her shoulder the other two are kept in a wooden cage. I guess it's okay because they can't set it on fire yet. Um, you know, it's, I always point out when they keep these damn dragons in wood, it's just it's not going to work out. But whatever. Um, they listen. Right They're now, pretty, it's, uh, right now it's tender. Fun. You know, and it's uh, I really like that. So I mean, here's to Danny and and raising these three young dragons. I hope that the people of Karth don't think they're too small. Well, you can't give your own to Danny because that's against no, the no, rules, no. It is it is absolutely against the rules. So I, I prepared, uh, and uh, you know, uh, I impressed Selena last week. I think it was on Friday for giving my own to the backstory. Um, it's I'm not going where you're gonna where you think I am going. It's not going to be to Jorah either, even though I think he deserves many owns and had many owns in this chapter. But I'm gonna actually give it to Ned Stark, who drove Jorah away. By because Jorah felt that Ned's honor, that an honorable man such as Ned would come and judge him for 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 what he did, you know, drawing his own Bear Island into uh, debt, and you know, basically he ruined the whole place where he was ruling, all for this woman, and he didn't want to be judged by Ned, and so he fled. And I think that's pretty badass to have such a reputation precede you. That it drives somebody honorable like Jorah uh, away, so in the oh, exile, go Ned, go Ned. Sticking on the theme of honor, uh, my own was uh, that when when Danny realized that Jorah had feelings for her and she had her whole sort of soul searching, you know, tried to imagine him, and she was like, "It's just no good. It's just he's not he's not Drogo. It's not going to work." And then she said. He can never have me, but one day I can give him back his home and his honor. That much I can do for him. And I was oh. like, oh, Danny. <laughs> yeah. Go take a cold shower, George. He can give you your home back. <laughs> Relax, buddy. Uh, my own's going to go to the very, very kind blood riders that when they discovered the fig fruits, decided to stuff all of them into their mouths. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what you do when you need to save food. You just eat it all at one time. It'll, <laughs> it'll save inside of your body. That's how it works. So yes, that's that's it. And also the ghosts for possibly kicking them out of a place that is perfect for staying outside of the desert heat. Also to the sand for being a natural exfoliant. Oh, because I yes, hear that it yes. worked. Yeah, sand. I just yeah. I still I probably use sand and sand. I do that sometimes that on the bathroom. beach. Yeah, in my, my legs. Yeah, <laughs> sand is a great exfoliant, so don't forget to do that either, people. Yeah. Absolutely. I wonder who's running Bear Island after uh, Jorah abdicated. His sister, right? Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. Sister. Your sister. He has a sister. Obi-Wan. There is, there is another moment. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. His sister mage, yeah. Well, those were our owns. Uh, they were owns, and they were on a show called Game of Owns. Next up, an own from one of you via email from a Mr. Irv Hodginston. Irv Hodginston says, Daenerys won. 
He wrote a lot of owns, too. I'm going to be revisiting this email. He has many owns, people, for many chapters. Holy shit, listen. He says, my own goes to Jorah for at least trying to be a good husband to Liness. At first, Aww. I thought he was a man of questionable character because his motivations for selling slaves weren't revealed until now exactly. But now that he's told a story, his actions are sympathetic and in some ways understandable. He just wanted to make his wife happy. This also yeah. shows, especially in Game of Thrones, there are two sides to every story. And I'm going to add sometimes three or four. He goes <laughs> to say, bad people do good things for bad reasons. Good people do bad things for good reasons and so on. It isn't black and white. So there you go, guys. Irv Hodgson sends an own to us. First from Irv. Thank you, Irv. Thank you, Irv. We look forward to hearing and reading the be- uh, the next your next couple uh, as soon as we can. Which will be when the episodes come out. Yes. And look, there's no shame in sending this, these lists of owns. We will not, do not worry. You will not spoil us. Um, you can do what Irv did and send us these, uh, you know, wonderful lists of, of owns if you have read ahead. And look, if you haven't, you can always read with us. Uh, we will tell you exactly what we're reading next. Next, we're reading uh, the Jon Snow chapter. And following that is an Arya chapter. That's this week. It is. Please send those to us. Um, you know how to do it. Some people know. One person here does. Mm, one person. That's me. Hey, uh, twitter.com slash game of owns. You can just tweet us known, and that's kind of the quickest. And the second quickest would be, I think, to send an email at contact at game of owns, like Irv did, and like recently we read one from Gordy Walsh. So send us an email of your owns, and you can also send comments, questions, suggestions, anything like that, into that same email. Once again, contact at Game of Owns. And we're on Facebook as well. If you want to write on our wall, or maybe post something funny that you saw, or reblog, or tumble, or whatever it is that you do on Facebook these days, uh, do that at facebook.com slash Game of Owns. And if you want to head over to Hypable.com, you'll find all the latest news about Game of Thrones and a bunch of other fandoms. We've been uh, we've been just kicking it lately. I don't know if that's the correct expression. Excuse me <laughs> on my terrible not English. Kicking there. what? <laughs> not from around here. We've guys. been kicking it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yo, y'all. Um, yeah, the uh, a bunch of Hypable staff members have actually been down at a San Diego Comic Con. Uh, over this uh, these past four days and they've been so much coverage and so many exclusive interviews that these guys have been doing it's it's been really fantastic to watch so go check that out and if you're wondering why we didn't talk about all the news from comic-con it's because this week is a long week and we wanted to give danny her due time otherwise she may burn us with her dragons but never fear there is a wednesday and a friday episode approaching and they will approach quicker than you can imagine you will have all these episodes to download and listen to and you will have a good place on winnerscoming.net to go and comment and talk and to make friends with people that you did not know before with such kind usernames as sunspear kyle ted i'm making the the last parts up you get the (laughs) idea you can write them whenever you want and it's a lot of fun and all that crap so you know, stick around. It's going to be a good time. We're having a good time this summer, and it may be a little too hot out. Mm, just a little too hot out. So don't let your hair get crackly and all that bullshit. <laughs> I'm Zach. Bye. <laughs> okay, I'm Selena Wilkin. Have, yeah. a, have a nice sand bath today. Quicksand. Ooh, that would be... That's a very quick bath. That sounds like a good drink. <laughs> oh, quicksand? I'm going to look that up. See if there's a quicksand. Wouldn't that be good? Recipe. And rattlesnake. Ooh. There you go. And I'm Eric Skull. <laughs> That was somewhat anticlimactic. Wait, that's, yay, a, that's the name Eric. of a cocktail. Many people don't know this. There's an Eric Skull cocktail. <laughs> Is it really? Did you create it? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> bourbon so. and grenadine. 
<laughs> oh, that sounds pretty good. What, like Kentucky, Tennessee bourbon? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a Selena-looking cocktail, too. And it's, oh, is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's hear what's in it. It's um, pineapple juice and sand. 